Okay, I admit it. Uh, I've just been sidetracked by doing some edits on some images uh, that are not under any pressing deadline, but I was trawling through a folder, found some, had to finish them. You know that feeling? I know I'm going to feel terribly guilty because it was half an hour I could have spent doing something something I should have been doing. Uh, but it's such a lovely thing, I found this great image. This is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. I'm Paul, and I'm wittering away on a Thursday evening. It's cold, it's wet, uh, but I wanted to talk about some of the things that go on on a cruise ship. <laughs> So hello all, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, this is my first full week, having just spent three weeks uh, working on a cruise ship, working with really beautiful clients, producing really beautiful images, and generally having a ball. Um, and of course this week it's WPPI. And sadly, because I was on the cruise, working on a cruise for three weeks prior, myself and Sarah working three weeks prior, I couldn't justify being back, back out of the country for WPPI. Though all I am seeing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, all I'm seeing are posts of all my photography friends having an absolute ball in Las Vegas. So if I don't respond to any of you, it's because I've muted everything. Um, I've gone offline. I'm not doing anything. I'm not paying attention uh, because it looks like everyone is having the most uh, glorious time and I've just seen actually before I came I say I've muted everything of course I'm paying attention um Scott Johnson has done incredibly well and has won himself uh, a gold and a couple of silvers uh, in some of the categories. Now, an interview with him from the Society's Convention back in January is coming up uh, in a week or two, uh, as is an interview with David Bostock, uh, also recorded at the convention. But I just haven't had a chance to sit and mix those down uh, and make sure they sound all right. Uh, David Bostock's in particular is somewhat augmented by <laughs> someone just arriving at the grand piano that was in the corner of the room and just playing. So in the middle of that, I've got to figure out whether I leave the playing in uh, or I cut the playing out. Feel free to email in uh, and let me know what your thoughts. Uh, it's been a really busy week since I've been back. Uh, today, a long hearing dog shoot. Uh, I've done a handful of portrait shoots and a wedding as well in the midst of all that, as well as pitching and winning two weddings uh, and generally trying to get on top of the photography that we created on the ship. Because the way it works when we're working on the cruise ships is that we do... Um, portrait shoots just as we would in the UK. Uh, now, unlike some photographers, I'm not uh, a guy that will do the shoot and then immediately do the reveal. I like to have a chance to go through the images and do at least a rough prep on them. And so with the cruises, I'm working on a MacBook Pro that's perched on my desk in my stateroom uh, with uh, the um, Wacom or Wacom tablet sitting on a drawer that I've pulled out uh, and my iPad Pro working as a second monitor because I like to have a second monitor when I'm editing. Uh, and although the edits are pretty good and I get them mo mostly there, um, we always bring them back to the UK and I finish the edits and get those out to the clients along with any album designs or frame designs um, or anything that's required. So we've been doing that this week. It's been pretty full on. Uh, but it's really nice now. I feel like I'm catching up, you know, uh, in spite of me being sidetracked by an edit of a picture that I saw. I hate that. I'm going through my portfolio. I'm, sorry, I was going through uh, Lightroom. I was just cataloging stuff and making sure the catalog's secure or my backups are done. And I tripped over a folder and it's <laughs> I could be distracted by my own breath, I think. And I found a couple of images that I'd, I think I'd noticed, but they never got finished. And so I sat for half an hour this evening uh, and just finished it, which, of course, now means I really do feel quite guilty because that's probably some time I should have spent doing something else particularly as tomorrow uh, two portrait shoots uh, in the diary 
and an awful lot of stuff just to be done. Um, it's, we're just uh, full on. Anyway, I thought this podcast, I wondered whether it would be interesting uh, to do um, a podcast on some of the things that you might not have considered that we have to consider when we're working on a cruise ship. Okay. Now, the first thing is it's a ship. Now, I know that sounds fairly obvious, but the first time I got on the ship, um, I got talking to one of the officers who was asking me how it fitted in, how I'd found it. And I said, you know, I was having a good day. It was sunny. I'd taken some pictures that I thought were pretty beautiful. I'd certainly met some people who were really beautiful. And I said, oh, it's great. I love it down the back of the boat. That's amazing. Cue stony silence. The guy fixed his gaze on me and he said, Paul, it's a ship and that's called aft. And it's like, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, so the first thing you learn is it's a ship. Uh, it has a fore and an aft or a bow and a stern. It does not have the front and the back and it's not a boat. Um, so that was lesson one and I learned that pretty quickly. Uh, but there are lots of things about working on a cruise ship that you probably don't consider. I certainly didn't consider when I went out there. So this is me just uh, chatting about some of those. The f so the first is, obviously, it's a ship fore and aft. The second is that cruise ships change direction. Well, all ships change direction. But when I'm working on a cruise ship, cruise ships change direction. Why does that matter? The sun changes its position unexpectedly. Now, I'm used to working in the UK where if I've got a shoot and I'm, or I I'm, know I'm going to do a shoot, I can very quickly scout the location. Sometimes I do it while I'm shooting. Sometimes I do it before the client arrives. But I know where the sun's going to go, okay? Um, it's going to go um, on a trajectory that, broadly speaking, is overhead or slightly to the south. It's going to go from east to west, uh, and it's going to set at a certain time. It's going to rise at a certain time and set at a certain time. Now, with a ship, um, if I'm looking to do a certain picture or use a certain area of the ship, it's really important I know the direction of the sun because we could be photographing, for instance, in the middle of the Pacific. Um, if you get a blue sky day in the Pacific, you get really bright sunshine. The ship is white. It's a harsh light. So I do need to know where the sun is going to be pointing. And what I'd never figured on is the fact that the ship will change course. Now, I'll give you an example. One night I was due to photograph a couple. They wanted a sunset photograph. Um, I looked at the timings. I checked the angle of the ship. I knew exactly where we were. The sun was going to set over the bow of the ship at about 8 o'clock at night. So we arranged with them said, right, we're going to meet you here. We're going to take a couple of shots as the sun sets over the bow. And that way you get the sun. It will run along the promenade deck. So it run along the area that you walk alongside the ship and I can get these really beautiful streaking shadows uh, in one direction or I can get the sun um, in the background of them. I could silhouette them against it. I'm going to get orange skies, etc, etc, etc. Except that at about 7.45, as we started to head towards a channel to come into port, the captain, as is, <laughs> as is he needs to do, turn the ship through about 90 degrees over the space of 10 minutes. Um, and by the time we got to sunset, the sun was now broadside. It's now on the side of the ship. Um, and every photograph that I thought I was going to take, I couldn't. And I'm now having to react incredibly quickly uh, to something that... Um, I thought I'd got absolutely planned. Um, and so if you ever hear me getting excited about the fact the sun did actually set where I thought it would, uh, then you know why, because uh, <laughs> I'm never certain that that's what's going to happen. Uh, schedules. Right, OK, on a cruise ship, you have a limited amount of space because that's the economics of a ship, right? You have a lot of people. They've paid a lot of money to be there. 
And the more people you can get into the ship um, and, give, and still give them an amazing experience, the more the, the higher your profit. And so, of course, every area of the ship is highly utilised. Um, some areas are used for lectures. Some areas are used um, for um, various little shows. Some bits that you thought you could use and now the bars are now open so you can't photograph in them. And we haven't danced this dance where, as a priority, I have my client, but I can never put another one of the crew's guests out of their way so I can never uh, make someone else feel uncomfortable or that they're in the wrong place simply because I want to photograph another guest so we always have to double check everything um, and the schedules are really really important so whenever we do a shoot I'm having to work out exactly where we're going to be so if I say I don't know I'm going to meet you at two o'clock in the afternoon in my head I've got positions of the sun I think I know which areas of the ship are going to be quiet which area is going to be busy. Um, those areas will change. So at two o'clock, the restaurants, for instance, start to clean down. Uh, so by, by three o'clock, I can get into some of the restaurants that are now completely empty, but I can't get them into them at two o'clock because they still have uh, the remnants, let's say, of lunch service. Now, of course, the problem is that I have no control here at my studio, I have total control. <laughs> I, I can do whatever I want. You know, I can manipulate uh, the timings. I can use whichever bit of the studio I want. Or I, you know, I can't control the weather. That's a given. Um, but I can control pretty much everything else. On a ship, I have absolutely zero control except to set the time at which I'll start and finish a shoot. And uh, so uh, one day I was due to photograph someone. They wanted uh, pictures in one of the bars. It's a really beautiful bar. And if you use the light in there correctly, you get this phenomenal effect. Uh, and they wanted a particular shot they'd seen me do. So we said, right, let's do that. We'll meet you there at two o'clock. We went there at two o'clock only to find that a very, very um, famous concert pianist who'd been booked to play the ship was going to spend the afternoon practicing in there on the piano, on the grand piano. They'd locked the door. He was inside playing the piano and there's nothing I can do. It wasn't on any of the timetables. It wasn't on any of the schedules. Um, I've checked all the notices. I've checked with the you know the various people in charge. Uh, but the guys who are in charge of the music side had also seen it was available, put him in there, locked the door, and that's that. And that's typical of working on a ship. So you have to be able to think incredibly quickly um, and change tack in a heartbeat. Uh, obviously, what we did, we found another location uh, that created a similar idea to the f to the pictures. And what I also do, of course, is say to the client, look, if I can't get the pictures that you really like today, uh, then we'll grab ourselves an hour tomorrow. Now, an extension of that is the fact that on a cruise ship, there are people everywhere. And I mean everywhere. Uh, you, there's very rarely a moment when the ship is completely empty, except when it's in port. Um, however, most of our guests, they want to, when we're in port, they want to go on, on shore and visit wherever it is that we are at. So they'll get off the ship. Um, and unless they take me with them and we do a shoot on shore, which we do, um, the ship, although it will be empty, my client won't want to be on there. And so we're constantly juggling. So at the times when the ship is the busiest, that's typically the times when our clients um, want to be photographed, um, which adds just that extra <laughs> bit of excitement. Uh, so there's a, the ships have just, one of the ships anyway, we're on uh, Crystal Symphony, and part of the ship has been completely stripped uh, and reconfigured. There's a whole new restaurant, there's a whole new decor, and it's just amazing, except for the fact it's so nice that whenever there's a quiet moment and we go up there, there are lots of passengers there. They want to sit there. It's really lovely, um, which makes it incredibly difficult sometimes when you think, oh, do you know what, I know exactly what shot would suit you. And you go to that location and there's no way you're ever going to get a camera in there because there's lots of people sitting on the sofas. Uh, there's lots of people enjoying themselves. And again, you kind of have to find your way around it. 
Uh, unpredictable weather. One of the things about working in a fixed location like a studio is that you do get some degree of predictability in the weather. Um, you look at the weather forecast, you put, you know, there's all sorts of apps. Uh, and my favorite is Dark Sky, which gives me a pretty good idea of what's going on in like a 12 hour period. On a ship, it's a lot less predictable, partly because by definition, you're either in coastal regions or you're out at sea. But also because you're going to move a lot. Um, you may overnight move a couple of hundred nautical miles, in which case the weather forecast you were looking at is very hard to predict where it's going to be tomorrow. So our client will say, look, I'd like to do the shoot tomorrow. What's the weather forecast? We'll look it up. We'll do our best to predict it. But of course, you've never got a real idea. You can kind of half guess. And if you're, if you're doing port to port to port, of course, we can uh, use weather apps to look at what's going on tomorrow in the next port. But once you're out at sea, uh, we've learned that it's pretty unpredictable. Um, even the other day, we were due to go into the um, Chilean fjords and we had all sorts of ideas for photography. And the weather forecast um, was actually pretty good. It was due to be a couple, uh, 22 degrees and clear. And when we pulled into the four fjords, um, the cloud came down, the mist converged, it was cold, it was grey, <laughs> you couldn't see anything, uh, let alone photograph it. Uh, that's another thing you just have to um, get very used to. Uh, ships. Ships are all about the customer experience, but never at the expense of safety. So safety is absolutely key. So some of the things um, that I'm used to doing that, um, you know, leaning over the edge of a balcony uh, to get a shot with a camera low and scraping along the side of a, of a, of a railing, for instance. Uh, I've done this kind of thing over the River Thames a few times. I'll strap the camera to my wrist, lean right over and get a shot looking back at my client who's leaning on a railing. You can't do that on a ship, particularly a ship at sea because as it's pitching and yawing of course there's quite a risk that you're going to either drop something or worse you're going overboard uh, so you can get into quite a lot of trouble safety first is everything um, you have to be careful how you move around a ship particularly when it's it's moving around on the ocean uh, you have to be careful how you move your guests um, the whole thing is a slightly different beast to what it is when you're photographing uh, in town or in a village it's sort of like heightened because everything's moving slightly uh, and sometimes you go around a corner and literally if you're at full speed uh, full speed ahead uh, and you walk around one of the promenades very often you find one promenade is relatively calm and you'll turn a corner and the wind will just funnel through um, and you do things like lose a baseball cap now I know that's not a safety issue but you do have to think about it because I, I have lost I have lost a baseball cap uh, that's just me uh, being an absolute muppet uh, another thing at the studio or, uh, to be honest, anywhere I photograph in a hotel, um, quite often in a hotel, I'll move stuff around. Um, as long as I always put it back, occasionally I'll get an iPhone out and I'll take a picture of the scene so that when I finished, I'll put everything exactly back where it was so that um, I'm not um, being uh, difficult to the hotel. I'm not creating them any extra work. It's just I want things in certain positions where, relative to the light. That you can't do on a ship, not least of which because an awful lot of it is stuck down it has to be stuck down i kid you not we, we went through a storm the other night and i woke up in the morning and nearly everything that was on the shelves in the stateroom was now on the floor and so they stick everything down or they bolt it down so you can't move everything and um, so lots of the things that i'm used to being able to do when i'm on land simply can't do uh, you cannot move things um it's also very public so this cruise ship has a capacity i think of about 800 passengers which isn't that big these some of these ships now go to about six or seven thousand passengers i'm not sure 
I'm not sure I'd love to do that. That's not my bag. This ship is a lot smaller. So by the time we've done a long cruise, we know a good proportion um, of the passengers or the guests and we'll know nearly all of the crew uh, and the entertainers. Um, but what you do learn quite quickly is if I'm photographing someone, it's very public. It's a very, very public studio. Um, occasionally, people will ask if we can do studio portraits and we'll rig a background up somewhere. And that nearly those backgrounds nearly always are rigged in a public place. Um, they have to be because there aren't studio rooms as such, not in the ships I work on. Every inch of the ship is used for other things. And so actually... We ask quite a lot of our clients. Now, if you imagine that, um, think about portrait photography. Certainly for us, is I think, I think about, I have no idea, I'm putting a guess, 70% of our, of our clients will say something like, oh, I don't, like, don't really like being photographed. I don't, and I certainly don't want to be photographed in public. If we're going to have this done, it's going to be quiet. And yet on a ship, I've got to somehow persuade people who feel exactly the same way about it that not only not only are they going to be photographed and have an amazing time, but we're going to do it in full view of an awful lot of other people. And so you have to work even harder than you do normally to draw people out of themselves, to to give them the confidence to stand or sit or pose. Um, when there are other people walking around, there are the crew walking around, there are entertainers walking around, um, and there are lots of people that they probably know and have dinner with walking around. Um, and trying to make sure they don't feel self-conscious and trying to make sure they feel really confident requires an, an even more heightened approach, if you like. Uh, you really have to work and create the energy and the focus so that they don't feel like they're on a show. They just get, they just get wrapped up um, in the experience. And there's a lot more pressure on you uh, than it is when you're um, working uh, back in, in your own studio. Uh, talking about back in the studio, one of the things is that the edit suite is now a compromise. These staterooms, they're beautiful staterooms, don't get me wrong, but they're not huge. So um, there's like a, a desk in the stateroom. Obviously, I've got a chain power cables. Um, I've got my MacBook Pro sitting on the on the desktop uh, in front of a mirror as it happens, which is disconcerting. If I look up at two in the morning, I'm doing an edit. All I can see is me looking really bleary eyed, lit by the screen on my MacBook Pro. Um, in front of me, I'll have a Wacom, but there's not enough space to put the tablet on the desk as well. The desk is too shallow. So the Wacom is sat wedged on the front of the of the desk uh, into the drawer, the pull-out drawer. You know the, the narrow drawer that you always get in a desk that pulls out in front of you. So the, my tablet is wedged on there, balanced on a couple of books, so it's nice and steady. And then beside uh, my MacBook Pro, I have an iPad uh, Pro as well on a cable that's acting as a second monitor. And if you want to see a picture of that, if you hop onto my uh, Instagram, free, Instagram feed, that's Paul Wilkinson Photography, uh, on that Instagram feed, uh, you'll see a picture of exactly this setup, but it's quite tricky to do. And the other thing that always happens, or I found always happens, if I'm on a deadline, if we do a couple of shoots towards the end of the, the cruise, and we always hope we do, um, you can't allow for the weather. So at the beginning of the cruise, I've got a couple of days latitude. So if the weather's really bad and the ship is pitching and tossing around, I'll just say I'm not doing the edit. I'll do it tomorrow. But when you've run out of tomorrows and you hit a really stormy patch, which we did on the North Sea on our first cruise, so we're coming back from Norway, I had an edit to do overnight so the client could see them the next day and we hit some really heavy seas and it's really, really weird uh, doing uh, photoshopping when the ship is rising and falling and if we're in one of the end staterooms uh, towards the, the, the bow or towards the stern, the the 
difference in height when you move when a ship moves up and down it moves so far that when it's go when the ship's plowing upwards you feel really 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 heavy the pen feels heavy everything feels heavy and then suddenly as you go over the crest of a wave and you drop down the other side everything feels really 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 light and it's the weirdest thing trying to edit and focus on the screen while the ship is moving around and um it's good fun and luckily i don't get particularly seasick but sarah um she's not so good and so she'll be drinking, you know, trying to drink ginger beer and trying seasickness tablets and trying to, just trying not to vomit. Uh, and I'm trying to do edits as the ship is rising and falling uh, at a hell of a rate. All of it being done um, on our sort of makeshift um, edit suite. Uh, and of course, the other thing is that the deadlines can be really tight. So on the last cruise, we did uh, one last shoot with a day to spare. And of course, I've got to turn those round in time for the guests to be able to see them and make their selections. So we have to do the sale and the sales room on the ship as well. And so the deadline is incredibly tight. Uh, and so much tighter than it would uh, be necessarily in the UK. So here, for instance, we almost deliberately um, take between, I suppose, 10 days and 14 days uh, for the client to come back in and see their pictures. Why? Well, it kind of heightens the excitement a little bit. Um, we want to have time to get through the images. I want to have time to Photoshop them. Um, here at this studio, uh, we always finish images before the client sees them. I never want a client seeing unfinished images. Now, I know that throws uh, the workload up to the front. Um, now, we have lots of conversations about that. There, there are, broadly speaking, a couple of ways of doing this. Uh, the one extreme is you do no editing. Uh, you show the client the pictures and somehow you explain to them what the pictures would look like when they're finished. Um, and then you've got the other extreme, which is where I work, which is we finish pretty much everything with very little left to do. Um, but of course, that throws the workload up to the front. If you do it the first way where you don't finish until the client buys, that's great because you only finish what the client has actually purchased. And of course, that's the most efficient model. The downside of it is downside of it is that the client is going to see pictures that aren't finished and has to imagine what they're going to look like and of course that probably is going to impact your sales a little bit um the way i do it the downside is of course i'm going to do all of this work on the off chance that the client is going to purchase the images but the upside is the client's only ever going to see uh, finished images and that should in theory drive the sales up and certainly the evidence that i've had so far uh, for the years I've worked in the industry is that seems to be true. It's hard to really know uh, because there are shades of grey in between. Uh, one thing we do with us is if you put an online al album up for a client, of course, for us, they're always finished images. Why? Because I've got no control. Once anything is online, even in a protected album, once the client has got those access to those images, you've no idea where they're going to appear. And the last thing I want is an unfinished image going out there Someone who doesn't know the story and doesn't know how the, how you do that kind of work, seeing an image and going, blimey, Paul Wilkinson, he's quite expensive, isn't he? That's, that image doesn't look finished to me. Because your client is not going to be able to defend you once that image is out there. They're not going to be able to say, oh, no, that's an unfinished image. They're not. Um, you can brand them. You can put, you know, um, draft only and that kind of thing on them if you wish. Uh, but we've always taken the, the decision that... Um, our images are finished before the client sees them and that suits us and the way we work here really well and we've adopted exactly the same method on the ship but of course it does give me some pretty aggressive timelines when I'm finishing uh, shoots uh, pretty much overnight 
so that we'll shoot in the afternoon on one day and show the client the image that's next. Uh, but make no bones about it, shooting on a cruise ship is fantastic. It's brilliant fun, um, not least of which because I'll wake up in the morning and we could be in a completely different country, sometimes in a completely different continent. And the excitement of that is fantastic. And there are little things as well that I love about being on the cruises, one of which, and this is my favourite thing, and I don't know why, is when you arrive on the ship, uh, you hand in your passport and they give you an ID card. And from then on in, except for a few little minor bits and pieces in certain countries like China or Russia, um, once you're docked, the customs or the immigration people for that country come on board, they check all the passports, they say it's all okay, and then you, you're free to come and go as you please. You don't, you don't get involved in that. That's done overnight. You never see that. You never see your passport again until you get off the ship, um, which means every port you come into, you have your little card. It's like a little pass. And you wave it. Uh, they get There's a little bar scanner with security. You wave it. They, they check it for you as you get off, and they check it as you come on. And that's it. I could be in a different country. Honestly, I could be in a different continent. Um, and all I've got to do is show my card, get off the ship, and I'm in somewhere new and somewhere exciting. And I love that. I love the ease that you can suddenly be somewhere you've never been, never thought you'd go. Because you know what it's like when you come off a plane, for instance, and we did this. We landed in uh, Buenos Aires the other day um, on our way over to the ship, and we spent two and a half hours stood in a queue to get our passports checked. It was a nightmare. It was roasting hot. There was no air conditioning. We've already spent 15 hours on a plane and a handful of hours at Heathrow Airport getting there and get, or sorry, at Gatwick, getting there and getting on the plane. So by the time we get to Buenos Aires, we've been traveling for the best part of 24 hours, and now there's another two and a half hours to check your passport. So once you get this system on the ship, it's great because it's so different. There's none of that. Um, admittedly, we have to have our bags um, x-rayed as we come back on, but that's the limit. That's it. And the guys, the security guys are absolutely fantastic. It's efficient. It's polite. And I absolutely love it. I can highly recommend it. And this coming from someone who never thought they'd like cruises. I really, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't think I'd enjoy being on a cruise ship. But um, in the end, there's so much to do and there's the whole world to see it. Ad admittedly, it's the coastal regions of the world to see, uh, but it's a fantastic thing in spite of some of the limitations. Um, and on top of that, I'm very lucky to be amongst a handful of photographers who are called Master Photographers. The program is called The Master Collection. It's run on Crystal Cruises by a company called Paragon Pixels. A big shout out to those guys. Uh, and in a coming podcast, um, I've interviewed uh, Keith Roberts, who's the guy that dreamt up the idea of having this really high-end uh, portrait photography on board cruise ships. Um, a fantastic guy, really, really, really lovely scouser. Uh, a very funny interview uh, that probably will be the one after this, uh, where he talks about how he came up with it, how he was, how he worked on ships, why the program is different, and it's a real privilege to me, for me anyway, to be uh, a small part of it, along with a, a half a dozen or so. Um, other fellows, as in um, fellows of the MPA or FBIPP, FMPA, FSWPP, all portrait photographers, all working out the UK, uh, traveling um, all over the world, uh, creating these images. And actually what I found on the ship, in spite of all everything I've said about the things I never thought I'd have to worry about, somehow I'm even more creative on the ship because you have to be. You know, you, the surfaces are different, the angles are different, um, the dynamics are different, everything about it is different. And I think... Um, certainly for myself and I think from looking at other photographers work it sort of lifts you uh, and you create even more beautiful images uh, than uh, probably you do um, 
the rest of the time. It's a fantastic thing to do and I absolutely love it. Uh, and I hope this podcast has given you a sort of an insight. Um, I don't want to sound braggy. <laughs> I don't want to sound, oh, look, I've travelled all over the world. I don't want it to sound like that. I just thought it'd be interesting uh, to talk a little bit about what it's like um, creating these images on cruise ships and some of the things we've encountered. Um and I hope you find some of that useful. I've no idea whether any of this information is applicable um, or something you can transfer into a normal business, except there's one thing. There's one thing. And we, this debate goes and goes and goes. So if there's a point to any of this story, it's this. I'm asked a lot about um, whether we should do pre-consultations or pre-visualizing um, shoots and doing a walkthrough with clients. And it's a balancing act. I'm not someone who does that, but I know lots of people who do and great for them. And if it works, that's absolutely fantastic. There is no substitute for being able to make it up on the spot. And if you end up, as I have, working in an environment where I cannot predict, I cannot tell you, I can't tell you what the client's going to wear necessarily. I can't tell you which bits of the ships, are, which bits of the ship are going to be available necessarily. I can't tell you whether we're going to be on a calm sea or a, a, a sea that's bumpy and right and rolling around and the ship's rolling around. I can't tell you which way the sun is going to be pointing sometimes because if I know we're headed towards a port and I can see it on the navigation charts, at some point I know the ship, I know the ship is going to change direction, and all of these factors together mean that in the end. There's a skill you have to have, and you have to have that in a land-based business or a ship-based business. You have to be able to use your skills, your creativity, and your experience on the spot to create beautiful images no matter what is presented to you. And if you've got that skill, then it's fine. But if you haven't, then it's very tough working on the ships. So on that happy note, uh, thank you for those of you who've listened to the very end. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe. Um, I'm trying to remember. What, I'm trying to remember. I've got no notes at all. I was just making this podcast up. Uh, we're on iTunes, of course. Uh, we're on Spotify, which I quite like. I like our Spotify account. Uh, we're on Stitcher and we're on Podbean. Uh, and also, of course, you can download all of the audio files on MasteringPortraitPhotography.com. Um, if you do enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review somewhere. Uh, Podbean, we do pick up those reviews. Uh, if you're on Podbean, if you're a Podbean uh, user, uh, the best of all of them is iTunes. If you'd like to, we'd love you to leave a review and a rating on iTunes because that drives um, the SEO and searches. So as it's becoming increasingly popular, those reviews help us climb up the climb up the um, charts in terms of uh, search results. If someone's looking for a podcast talking about portrait photography, um, also tell your friends about us. Tell your mates. Tell other photographers. Um, tell anyone. Tell your mum and dad. I don't care. Uh, just tell them if you if you do enjoy this podcast, uh, please do uh, shout it from the roots, rooftops because uh, that would be absolutely uh, wonderful. If you have any topics you'd like us to talk about, then please do email them in. Uh, I can be reached at paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. That's paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. Uh, of course, this is all part of the puzzle. We have this beautiful um, portrait photography website called Mastering Portrait Photography, which is dedicated to nothing but portrait photography, the art, the craft, the inspiration, and the business uh, uh, portrait photography so head across there um, it's free to join um, there are going to be certain areas of the site eventually that will become subscription only uh, but right now the site is free to join so come along uh, it's full of really really nice people uh, really nice and very talented photographers uh, there's lots of chatter there's the forums lots of articles bits and pieces behind the scenes stuff videos uh, you name it 
Uh, in the coming weeks, I've got a couple of interviews I've already recorded. So I've already already recorded David Bostock and Scott Johnson. Uh, congrats again to him uh, that I recorded at the Society's Convention in London in January. I just haven't had a chance to cut those uh, just yet. And then uh, I think the next podcast I'll put out probably uh, will be Keith Roberts, the director of Paragon Pixels, the guy that thought up the idea of having a master collection, a high-end portrait photography collection um, on board cruise ship so until next time uh, remember do remember be kind to yourselves and ignore all of those people who seem to be having a better time than you do because they're all at WPPI and having an absolute ball be kind to yourselves take care (laughs) 